0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Good day, good day. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money, a show dedicated to getting you to retirement. Back in the 90s and early 2000s, a show dedicated to tech stocks and growth stocks and beating the market. But as we age, we all start having different perspectives. I think where I can help you the most is getting you to retirement, or at least starting on the way. We've got a big seminar coming up January 24th with CFP Chad Burton, talking retirement. Retirement is going to happen for all of us if we don't kick over dead before then, and it's something you have to realistically think about. So January 24th, Palo Alto, the Elks Lodge with CFP Chad Burton. You just heard him here on AM 1220 KDOW from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. with his show CFP, Chad Bertram, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> you know, we've done this for 20 years, and that's never worked well. How are you? I'm great. How are you?
2: <laughs> it doesn't sound authentic, does it? Just, a, just assume I'm
1: great, right? <laughs> <laughs> just assume. Maybe we just jump into it in the future, because uh, I think that just the cold water might be better. Um, new year, new dollar, uh, better saving options. One of the questions that you get all the time is, what should I do in various scenarios? Regular 401k, pre-tax 401k, Roth IRA. There's a lot going on. Endless options. Endless, endless infinity pool of options. Uh, What's the right answer? Is it different for every single person? Is there a crystal ball? Is it something you just, you go for the average and you're, you're good with it?
2: Well, it's age, it's your tax situation, are you straddling a bracket, are you behind the curve on retirement planning, are you ahead of the curve, are you on track, uh, do you have kids, those types of things. So, you know, I've got some different scenarios we could cover that you could give people a basic idea of what they should be looking at.
1: Straddling a bracket sounds dirty. Is that something that I did when I was younger? <laughs> oh, you'd only bring taxes there. Okay. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Let's start with being young. Let's go after the yeah. the, the children out there. The children, the children.
2: What do we well, need to know? So typically you're young and you get that situation. I had a question late in the show in the last hour. Um, okay. Hey, I can, I can barely afford to save enough money into my 401k to get the match because I'm paying off my student loans. Sure. Um, That tells me that income is pretty low, and you're probably at a very, very low tax bracket, much lower than you're going to be in retirement if you're starting out young and saving. So typically in that situation, Rob, I would tell people, put the money into the Roth side of the 401k because the tax break is very small. You won't miss it. Put the money into the Roth side of the 401k and and enjoy tax-free growth, get the match, and then use all your other funds to pay off your debt. The one situation that you have to be careful of, though, is... Are you and your family qualifying for the saver's tax credit or any kind of earned income tax credit or additional child tax credit? If that's the case, then you would want to put it into the pre-tax side of the 401k so you can reduce your taxable income to get those credits. So as you do your tax return, it's a perfect time to ask the CPA, the enrolled agent, um, or model it in TurboTax if that's what you're doing, on, on what route you should go. So it's, it's not always a no-brainer. Go Roth 401k when you're young. If your income is really low, you might be giving up some credits if you do that.
1: Okay, so we've got young in place, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, early 30s, that's when I met my beau. That's when I started having children. Uh, that's when I kind of started stretching my legs, financially speaking. Um, anything I need to know in my early 30s?
2: Yeah, assuming that's the point where your debt's paid off, your income comes up, and you can finally afford to save more money beyond the 401k match, that's when I typically tell people, put enough money into the 401k pre-tax bucket to get the match, and then take your next $6,000 that you can save, open a Roth IRA. Take the next $6,000 that you can save and open up a Roth IRA for your spouse. And then if you can afford to save even more than that, go back to the 401K, max it out at 19 grand on the Roth side. Um, that way, your majority of your savings, you're getting as much tax break as you can, but the majority of your savings is going in to the Roth, which is going to grow tax-free for the rest of your life.
1: Now, what's interesting to note about that, and again, we've got a big seminar coming up. Do you have anything written down on what to do in your 30s? Because everyone I know in my 30s, they're like, hey, it's going to snow soon. We should go skiing. They're not... Opening a Roth as a second account on top of a 401k, they're not thinking after the match, what do I do you, It's kind of complicated,
2: isn't it? For a 30 year old. It is. I, you know, the, people used to have this idea, hey, I'm going to retire when I'm 65, right? And the, the, the term retirement to a millennial sounds like you're dead and old and sitting in a rocking chair on a porch and, you know, on the country somewhere. Um, so I'm kind of like that too, where I, I know I could have, gosh, I probably could have retired now if I spent less on snowboarding and boating. But those are my memories. Those are something that I'm not gonna be able to do when I'm, you know, eighty years old at the same level that I'm doing now. So it's balancing your saving with your, you know, making of memories. You still gotta make sure you're putting away at least ten percent. Um, but the, the idea here is that we gotta get some money that hasn't been taxed, some tax free money with the rock. You have to be able to blend your different tax situation and you could have six figure income and pay almost zero percent taxes if you do it the right way in the future.
1: So you can meet CFP Chad Burton this January 24th, 630 to 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. There are some downloadables there that you can go get some more information at. Use the code RADIO25 when signing up to get in for free, especially if you haven't been before. These are good events. Let's talk about the scenario where you're 40 and you look Mm -hmm. back and you go, man, I wish I would have started 20 years ago. You're making better income, but you're still
2: not wealthy. Right. Yeah, if you're 40 and you're not on track, just go pre-tax into the 401k and get the tax savings, put that into a Roth. But if you're 40 and you're on track, meaning you've got four times your pay saved up in your 401k right away, or already, not right away, but already, but the question is, do I go Roth or pre-tax on the 401k? Because you can put in 19 grand. That's the person that might be straddling the tax bracket, like we talked about. In other words, they might have you know, $10,000 that's up into the 24 bracket, 24% bracket, but the rest says 22% or less. So they might blend it and say, I want 10000 to go in pre-tax into the 401k. I want the other 9000 to go into the Roth side of the 401k. And then they're going to go fund a Roth for uh, on top of that as well. So that's, that's the age where you start making your, your higher end of your earnings in your 40s and 50s and where you have to pay more attention to your tax brackets as you creep up the line.
1: All very good stuff. This is all in your head, which is very, very cool. Now, what if you're 40 and on track? You you didn't get married. You did save. You did max out the 401k. How do you know you're on track?
2: Well, yeah, like, the, you know, the four times save. So it's really, let's say you get to four the, times the, your age. The, the, next, the next age is, let's say you're 50 and you're on track. Okay and your kids are now out of college you have all this extra money all of a sudden that you i can afford to save more than what's going into my 401k you can put in 25 grand in your 401k that's a lot of money for most people okay. so on that if they put in 24 uh, 25 grand into the 401k they can do a Roth IRA at 7 grand for themselves 7 grand for their spouse if they can afford to save even more on top of that you can go back to your 401k and do after tax contributions and convert it to a Roth inside the plan most, a lot of plans are allowing that now, Rob, so that's the next step in savings is what's called after-tax contributions, where the plan, you know, on a monthly basis or every time you add to it, it automatically converts that from the after-tax account inside the 401k into the Roth account inside the 401k. It's called a backdoor Roth. Microsoft, Cisco, Apple, they all have that option now, so check it out if, if you're trying to save beyond your 401k and your Roth. You are the best. People
1: can meet you Thursday, January 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. 6.30 to 8 p.m. is the event. You can sign up for it at newfocusfinancial.com. Newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Thanks, Chad. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz.
2: And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7.
1: Don't be crazy shy. Pick up the phone. Give me a call. Oh, there's so much going on. I do like, um, I, I, I kind of do like this time of year. Beginning of the year, where you're starting to think, "How are things going to play out?" No one should be surprised on a day by day basis right now. Instead of instead of what was you know three or four years of buy the dip, buy the dip, buy the dip. Now there's a good probability that news isn't going to be rationalized intelligently. So, from the market's low. SP 500 is up 11.3 percent. That's a big move, pretty fast. Low of December 24. A lot of winners. The speed of the ascent reflects a market that was oversold and became overbought pretty quickly. Keep in mind that when I was a young boy, stock market barely moved. You'd turn on Dan, rather in the news, or Walter Cronkite in the news. Your your dad was watching, and like. Today on Wall Street, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up four points. You're like, four points? It's barely moving. Morgan Stanley has seemingly provided a selling catalyst today with a fourth quarter earnings report that fell short of top, i.e. revenue, bottom, i.e. earnings. Um, and that's out there. But shares of Morgan Stanley are up 21% since December 24th. So you kind of expect a little bit of a sell-off, unless their quarter was, you know, gold-plated. And it wasn't. Disappointing revenue guidance from Taiwan Semiconductor, which is an Apple supplier. I.e., they help put together things for Apple. They help cook the phone to the point that they could turn it over to you. Of course, that's not the only news out there today. There's the shutdown mess. People are starting to wonder what's going to happen at the Super Bowl because a lot of federal agencies work together to secure that event because it clearly would be a, a golden day for terrorists to strike. What was that movie? There was a movie that a uh, terrorist um, attacked the Super Bowl. I think they did it in a blimp or something. I know, like, that's the getaway vehicle you don't want to be in. It's big, it's in the air, and it moves very, very slowly. So initial claims came out today. That's out there. That's kind of news. We Americans have jobs. We Americans spend our paychecks. I got a rude email from someone yesterday. Just like, I'm getting to the point where as I'm getting older, rude people are really, really a turn off. And it used to be that ignorant people I could just like push aside and say, that's okay. You're a very, very rude person. Getting, the way you treat Sarah Huckabee is horrible. And the way you treat other people are horrible. You shouldn't treat people that way. The way people hide their craziness behind email bothers me. So, anyway, that's off topic. Um, Initial claims, we're good. We have jobs we spend our paycheck. So, hopefully, we save money inside of that program so that it's automatic. Philadelphia Fed Index for January jumped to a 17 rating. That's a lot of new orders. That's a lot of people going to work. That's a lot of blue collars per se. Maybe plumbers, butt cracks. I don't know. <laughs> I'm making no sense today. But Sweet. the Philadelphia Fed Index was strong enough and increased activity. Forty-six percent of firms are expecting increased activity over the next six months, while only fifteen are projecting a decline. So businesses aren't getting down. Not yet. That's out there. The ability to be stupid has never surprised me. A group of men aboard a Royal Caribbean cruise ship got banned from the cruise line for life after one of them jumped from the 11th floor of the ship while it was docked in the Bahamas. I didn't know that was a rule. I didn't know you're not allowed to jump off the boat. That's, that's my, my defense, Right. A guy named Nick took the to Instagram to post a video of himself jumping off his room's balcony from the symphony of the sea ship into the ocean. The video, which was recorded by his friend, captures the men standing on the balcony and laughing as he gets ready to take uh, the leap. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess he can get banned for that. But that's out there. The NBA has inked a billion-dollar deal with the maker of 2K video games. Now, I throw that out there. In large part because we we feel sports have gotten too expensive, right? Tickets for the average family just feel out of reach. But man, the owners. Jerry Jones, uh, who owns the Dallas Cowboys, I think they're worth like $5 billion, and he bought them for like, I want to say like $700 million. Those facts are kind of shaky and iffy. But he once was offered L.A. if he'd sell his Dallas franchise. The NFL said, if you go to L.A., Southern California we'll give you all of LA. Not two teams, not like the New York Giants and New York Jets have to split. Not like the Rams and the Chargers are splitting LA. He was eating it all. And you could kind of see the money. This is the NBA, of course, and they've inked a billion dollar deal with the maker of 2K video games so that the the NBA logos can be used and the players union can get, you know, money. But 1.1 billion over 7 years. That's a lot of dough me. So, um, there's a lot of popularity not only by NBA 2K, but the revenue swelling power of microtransactions are out there. Um, and that's prompting a lot of companies, video game companies, to stop and look at their business and try to figure out what games do we have coming out. For instance, there was a Star Wars game that was being put together by Electronic Arts, and they paid a lot of money to get the rights to make Star Wars video games until 2022, and the game was taking longer and longer and longer and longer. And then they looked at Battlefront, and Battlefront's just raking in the cash with microtransactions. So Electronic Arts canceled this big property and is going after something faster, even though they've licensed the Star Wars universe. They're going after something faster to throw Star Wars on so they can do more microtransactions. So that's out there. I still like the story about the guy jumping off the boat. How can you ban someone for life? Doesn't seem agree, just trying to sneak back on maybe. Is there a computer that says this guy's banned for life? Or is that just kind of a, a thing? What red-blooded American male goes on cruises? That sounds miserable if you're under 50. Richest 1% own 50% of stocks in U.S. households. woo So the wealthy are doing it, and they're buying stocks. Woohoo. Stock market made its way into mainstream news in 2018 when it hit records highs, and then it tumbled 20%, 19% in just a matter of weeks. The wealthiest 1 tenth of 1% of households now own 17% and 50% of total home equities stocks. Wow. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. That's how you get your retirement, people. That's what the wealthy do. Invest, invest, invest. Big event coming up, January 24th in Palo Alto. You can sign up at Rob Black show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So I'm Rob Black and you're not. I spent much of my childhood trying to figure out technology and computers. He gave me a reprieve from a dad who was pretty tough. I was really good at it. I was really good at soccer, playing goalkeeper. And I was really, really good at understanding computers. If I dedicated more time to soccer, I probably could have been a professional soccer player. I was pretty good. But that meant playing in Europe, and that had no appeal to me. There was no qualified leagues in the United States at that point in time that you could make a living off of. But computers, I understood. Starting with circuit boards, motherboards. I understood semiconductors. I understood DRAM, I understood how to put them together, I understood how to fix them. I could probably take to, put together and take apart, you know, classic computers pretty quickly. One of my first jobs when I was 14, 15, was putting together Apple IICs and Apple IIEs eventually. These were very modular design computers back in the day that they would ship them to the retail stores if the retail store was lucky enough to get a license to sell Apple products. And uh, the retail store would get, like, hard drives separate from everything, and you had to put everything together. And I I loved it. It made me incredibly in tune. Not telepathic, not empathic. It just put me in tune with the computer industry, and I was always interested in it. I remember, you know, going to computer stores and looking at parts and just, like, studying, like, things that I don't know I, I, I would try to learn. But back in the 80s and 90s, it became pretty popular to hate Bill Gates, one of the very first few people I met in the Bay Area. Her and her husband had license plates. One of them said, MSFT sucks. And one of them said, AOL sucks or something like that. A-O-L-S-U-X. And uh, there's just some, some people in the Bay Area hated Microsoft, the evil empire, right? I liked Microsoft. I always found them to try to do too much, and that's why we hated them. Every single printer in the world would have drivers created for it that would work with Microsoft operating systems. But that was the problem. Some of them were better than others, and, and when they didn't work, we lost our minds. Bill Gates in the United States is a guy who created... I mean, let's put it this way. IBM could have been Microsoft and Intel put together, and IBM. They could have done services and hardware and software. They could have ruled the world. But IBM said, we're just going to do services because that's what we do. And when they started selling computers, they hired a company called Microsoft to do the operating system. And Bill Gates said, sure. Paul Allen said, absolutely. We'll we'll help you with that. And they did the same thing. They outsourced the semiconductors. Intel was more than willing to provide that. And they started what's called the Wintel Dominance. So in the United States, Bill Gates was kind of considered to be an an evil dictator kind of the way we see jeff bezos now like he's got enough money to build a death star no seriously he does kind of thing (laughs) and you're like is he building a death star i don't know but if you're in business today you fear amazon you don't want to be amazon back in the 90s if you were a computer company you feared microsoft and when microsoft paid the rolling stones money for start start me up when windows 95 came out holy mackerel did people throw back They're like, they have so much money they could buy a rolling stone song for a commercial one of the things i like about bill gates is that he's made me rethink children i know you're saying what the hell are, where are you going with this the melinda and bill gates foundation the gates foundation they launched in 2000. They put a chunk of their fortune into tackling some of the world's biggest problems. More than 45 billion has been poured into their organization from other people as well. So a lot of kids, millions of children under the age of five, are dying from preventable health issues and diseases. This is obviously true in the sub-Saharan African continent. Just the amount of impoverished areas are, are large, and when there's when there's poverty, there's there's disease. So. Part of their big health initiatives has helped the death of children go down from $11.2 million in 1990 to $5 million in 2017. That's been halving. They've cut down on polio. Um, they, there's four major funds supported by the Gates Foundation. One of them is for vaccines. One of them is for AIDS. One of them is for tuberculosis. Um, I, I dig what they do. And as I've grown older, I, I, I kind of watch what they do, and they do really good work. The Clinton Foundation was a little bit different. I know people in the charity wor- charitable world who preferred working with the Gates Foundation versus the Clinton Foundation. It's great that you know people have you know millions and millions of dollars to throw around to try to help people. Don't get me wrong. So anyway, I just threw that out there because um, we're pretty close to wiping out more deadly diseases off the, the, the earth. Which is isn't that a moment to be like happy? And we look at our government right now, and it's so dysfunctional, and it's been dysfunctional for 20 plus years, and it's just getting worse. It's probably been dysfunctional for 100 plus years. I just didn't notice, right? So, HIV rates are going down, malaria deaths are down. A lot of people, a lot of people benefit from the work that entrepreneurs do later in life, not necessarily early in life. If that makes, if that's fair, I don't know. So, I've always been a fan. Um, And I I guess that just shows you how evil and stupid I am to some people, right? Nearly 773 million email accounts have been exposed in a massive data breach. (laughs) Oh, no. No! Every month, right? There's a website that you can go to to check to see if your data's been breached, but that... It scares me what it's called. It's called Have I Been Owned, but owned with a P, dot .com. Have I Been pawned, Pwned, P-W-N-E-D, Pwned? Massive database containing 772 million unique email addresses and more than 21 million unique passwords were exposed. Um, let's see. The source isn't being told yet. Wired's reporting on it. Um yeah, change your passwords on a regular basis. For years I've been using a derivative of a password and I just changed that whole derivative. So it's a couple initials, it's an odd word, it's a date and a couple, you know, exclamation kind of things. Every year change your core. <laughs> I mean maybe in January 1st is the time to do it, right? Amazon's getting a lot of heat right now. 2019 is looking like it could be a year where the government really, really looks into Amazon and Facebook and Google. And Apple's trying to say, hey, government, we think everyone should own their own data and be able to delete it. Google and Facebook cringe at that idea. That's how they make money. But Amazon shareholders that have at least $1.3 billion in stock have filed a resolution aimed at stopping the company from selling its controversial facial recognition technology to government agencies. I know you're saying, Amazon sells facial recognition technology to government agencies? I didn't even know they did that! Oh my God. What other secrets is Amazon cooking up?
2: No way!
1: So, civil liberties unions. Uh, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot, right? Right. Snap's outgoing CFO reportedly went around Evans Peagles back to ask for more money but failed. Um, snap has lost twenty billion dollars of market cap oh since they've come snap. public. That is toxic. That is something you need to stay away from. Cause as some people say, Well, I bought it at $8 and it's at five. I'll sell it at eight. And some people bought it at nine, I was like, well, it's at five, I'm gonna wait until it goes to nine. And that's almost a double. That's crazy. How about this for growing up? Fortnite and other free games raked in $87 billion last year. And like I said earlier in the show, Electronic Arts is changing. They don't necessarily want to sell a $60 to $100 game, they're all about the microtransactions right now. Free to play video games generated $87.7 billion. Asian players accounted for about 62% of spending on free games. And seven of the 10 top grossing free to play games belong to Asian publishers. It's not just Fortnite, which, by the way, they just released their week seven challenges today. Dun, dun, dun. But there's a couple games like I have, I've never even heard of. Now, Pokemon Go I've heard of. That's number four on the list at $1.3 billion last year in revenue. That's insane. Fortnite, $2.4 billion. Dungeon Fighter Online, $1.5 billion. League of Legends, $1.4 billion. I know a COO of an electronic game, an e-game... How do you say this? A professional e-gaming league. There you go. That's pretty bizarre. Went to USC, attorney, and now he's the commissioner of an e-sporting league. Whoa, times are changing from my childhood, huh? It's not just Microsoft being the blue screen of death, evil, empire company. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Netflix is reporting earnings today. What be going on there, right? To tell the truth, I like earnings season. I like January a lot because we're just coming off Christmas. Everyone's in a pretty good mood. Then we hit January and you get like complicated questions like, well, Costco had a bad last year. Maybe they'll have a good this year maybe consult a worker advisor for taking action any stocks mentioned on the show um it's it's kind of a time of like rebalance it's kind of a nice time i like it big event coming up january 24th thursday at the Oaks lodge in palo Alto. let's bring in cfp chad burton mr burton new um do you like the beginning of the year because I, I, I imagine it's a lot going on for you in the financial planning area.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. The busiest times of the year, right during the holidays, the first few weeks of the year, and then tax time. That's why I always say the holidays can't come at a worse time for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> <How> <laughs> joyful Best thing
1: is to that. do. <laughs> Pretty joyful, Mister Scrooge. Yeah. But I do like Scrooge. He saved money, and he had money to throw out the window later in life. Um, how do you do a financial plan so that I can have money to throw out the window later in life and feel that? I'm comfortable knowing that later in life I'll have money. How do, I, how do I test what you're doing, per se?
2: Well, first of all, I mean if you do a really good detailed financial plan where you look through cash flow and tax issues and college planning and put in things like you're going to need a new car, you're gonna, every so often you're going to remodel your home, and there's going to be tax issues, there's going to be Social Security, but it may or may not be there depending on your age, um, you can do an amazing financial plan and very detailed projection, and you can test the success rate of the plan with Monte Carlo simulation where a computer runs thousands of different scenarios with um, using the actual holdings in your portfolios and, and volatility and measures of risk and everything else, and you can get an accuracy of how you know, successful your plan is going to be. But, Rob, every single financial plan ever written is wrong. They're all wrong. That's fair. And that's something that we always have to deal with.
1: Is that variables? Is that, like, weather changes, therefore plans change?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just like life. Life is a work in progress, right? If you feel like you're not Uh, getting anywhere in life, you're not growing, you feel like you're dying. And so plans change because your desires change. And we're always using, you know, linear modeling where you pick a rate of return based on how much you have in stocks, bonds, and cash, and you project out. And when the market's positive, it's usually double digits. When it's negative, it's usually double digits. So, it's it's going to be much more volatile than your linear cash flow modeling. But it's it's things like, when you put a fixed cost in for something in retirement, you can yeah. bet it's going to be wrong. Like travel. I mean, a lot of people retire and then there's these go-go years of retirement where the first 10 years you're all over the place. I mean, you're trying to figure out what you like, what you want to do. You're spending more money than you thought you're traveling. Um, and then you kind of get into a groove and a rhythm. And then the next thing that changes is you might have grandkids or death or illness of a spouse. And it's always a change a work in progress. And the good thing, even with market corrections, you don't, if you're, if you're doing the planning on a constant Basis and reviewing it and inputting the variables, you can make minor adjustments. So when the market has a correction, you don't you don't have to cut your spending by the amount of the correction. You can make a small adjustment for a longer period of time, and then adjust back up when things turn back to normal. So it's it's a work in progress, and an idea that you could go to a financial advisor and get one financial plan and never have to go back is it's just silly. It just doesn't happen.
1: Sounds about right. You're going to be talking about these issues and more Thursday, the 24th, January, at the Elks Lodge in Palo Alto. People can go to newfocusfinancial.com, sign up for the event, read about what it's all about, and um, use code RADIO25. If you've never been to an event, just sign up and get in for free. Um, what are some of the... Uh, okay, obviously, travel is going to be... It, it seems to be getting more expensive year over year. That's one of it. Then we're going to do more of it. That's it. Grandkids, obviously, are going to be a, a cost... Um, So there are some variable costs for sure. A spouse dying early or a spouse dying... You want to hear crazy? My dad did my mother a favor by dying early. He did me a disservice by dying early. So he died at age 58, which makes life insurance very difficult for me. But he wasn't a financial drain on my mother. Isn't that funny how you could look at death as a financial burden or plus?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's. it's, I guess, I don't know. Does it help with the situation?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm telling you, like, that's um, that's an example of how things change and who they help and don't help you right now. (laughs) (laughs) You're grumpy about the holidays and I'm all about the death of my dad. Boo hoo. Um, what do you do about a plan (laughs) when it's clear that it's not going to last? What do you do when someone walks into your office, sits down at your desk and you know, you you do your calculations, you pull out your abacus, you you factor in inflation and it's just not going to make it.
2: Well, uh, you know, like I said, it's, everything's a work in progress. It's constantly changing and you can make minor adjustments all the time. I mean, you know, you sent me the text yesterday about uh, John Bogle passing away at 89. Yeah. And you bet He had done his financial planning until he was 100, right? Probably. And the way that I look at this is like, you know, I know if I would have just saved, 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 I could retire in five years if I wanted to, but I like wake surfing. I like snowboarding. I like making memories with my family, my friends. Now... Stuff that I can't do because my knees and my hips and everything else are going to be destroyed by the time I'm 70. Um, So, you can make minor adjustments. It's not just about, i got to retire at 65 and then do nothing. So, if you are running a financial plan and you can clearly see you're going to be out of money and you're 90 years old, it's not like at 90 you have to sell your house and you have to move into that trailer park, Right. It's it, There's yeah. going to be a lot of minor adjustments along the way, whether it's, okay, maybe you take a reverse mortgage or maybe you sell that and, and downsize a couple of times throughout life until you're more in community-assisted living, where a lot of people end up in their 90s, where you're more in a community setting where there's some care available to you. So if you see that, yeah, you you don't want to overspend, but you also don't need to say, okay, at 90, I'm selling my home and I'm going to be poor.
1: Sounds good. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can meet him Thursday, the 24th of January in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up for the event by going to newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of good downloads there. When you're signing up, you can use the code RADIO25 if you haven't been to an event before. See you there.